This is the Building a Leadership Culture podcast, hosted by Bruce Gresham, the Principal Strategic Advisor of Applied Vision Works. An in-depth look at how Bruce and President Don Hadley help businesses reach their long-term goals. Here's your host, Bruce Gresham. Welcome to Building a Leadership Culture podcast, brought to you by Applied Vision Works. I'm your host, Bruce Gresham, and I am so grateful to be a part of the Applied Vision Works team. Been with the team about four months, and it's just a really fun environment. We have a lot of great clients. Uh, we're a business coaching firm that partners with business owners and teams to build a better quality of life, stronger organizations, and attain greater achievements. You can learn more about us at AppliedVisionWorks.com or give me a call at 919-739-2980. Don Hadley, our founder of Applied Vision Works, has a great book. It's really a quick, powerful read called The Journey to Meaning. And not only is it just a fun, quick story, but there are worksheets at the end of each chapter that help business owners assess where their business currently stands and helps them kind of determine maybe what their next steps in their journey should be. The first five folks who email me at bgresham at appliedvisionworks.com and request a copy of the book will receive a free digital copy of the book that is compatible on an iPad or the tablet of their choice. Today, we have Ron Lutz, Chief Retail Officer of Miller Zell to discuss the power and pitfalls of scaling a business. Ron, thanks for uh, hanging in there for part two of uh, this conversation. Oh, it's been it's been great, Bruce. Uh, tons of fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for all of your great insights. And we really started the conversation where it should around being client centric, focusing on the client, focusing on your customers, and and the verticals that that you want to you know, provide a great product or service to. And now in this second part of the conversation, I really want to kind of focus on a little bit internally on how businesses should maybe think about their organization as they scale their business to really start driving profit. And in your mind, Ron, what are one or two different things that business owners should think about as they're scaling their business and I'll maybe throw in a couple other ideas that you know when you're growing and you're a startup everyone's wearing a bunch of different hats and they don't have specific titles they you know they're all just kind of pitching in and maybe as a business scales and grows that starts to wane a little bit that will always be the case but in your mind, as as a business scales and becomes more profitable, what organizational things should the business owner or, or leaders consider? Yeah, Bruce. You know, when you're uh, when you're setting up a, a new business, as you as you as you mentioned, everyone's uh, everyone's jumping in and doing whatever it takes. But at some point in time, you find that that tipping point, if you will, that you know the, the hopefully your business is is rocking and rolling and great things are happening. And at that point, you've got to start adding, right? But the customer should be the one who's dictating where you build and add into your business. So if I take Miller Zell, we do roughly eight or nine different competencies from, as I mentioned in the early part, from strategy through, you know, designing and building and, and installing. And as we were expanding our business, quite frankly, over the last couple of years, I looked at our organization and said, where are the disciplines, the things that we do that I see as a forecast relative to we're going to grow because our customers are moving in this direction. I believe they're going to ask more of us in this way. 
So how do I need to think about it? So you got two, you got two ways to do that. And it was, it was uh, interesting. I was interviewing uh, one of our clients coming through the, the COVID situation and I, they had been closed for a while, Bruce. And I asked, I said, so what's your store opening strategy? He said, it's kind of like field of dreams, right? Build it open and they'll come. Well, I don't know that I'm going to subscribe to the fact that let me just open it up and things will happen. I would much rather plan where I'm going to leverage so that I can scale. So if I look in a forecast of our clients, we're probably going to have a lot of clients that need design work from us. We're going to have clients that need strategy work from us to figure out where they're going. So in that, I'm going to increase our capacity, our intake capacity to do strategy and research work. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to add and double staff. I may actually need to augment staff with, uh, with either consultants. I may need to augment staff with uh, contractors. It depends on what your business that, the business that you're in. And then as you continue to grow and press into the organization of the increased need, you may then convert that uh, consultancy or convert the contractors into full-time equivalents or, or FTEs. But the thing that you want to be cautious of is that your customer, you're, you're building your business, you're standing your, your, your brand next to, your, next to your, your customer or your client, and they continue to ask for more and more and more, and you wait. Because in today's competitive environment, someone's going to answer their question. If you're always late to the game and you're not able to deliver because you've not got ahead of your business and you've not grown appropriately in the right areas, you're not going to satisfy the client or the customer in today's environment. But as you're trying to scale, it's that, it's that balance of when do I invest and when do I hold? And I think you have to listen to the pulse of your client to tell you when and where you need to invest. There are always going to be pinch points, I call them, or hurdles you've got to overcome with, within the business and to know when to add. But let your clients help guide you to that in terms of your delivery against their ask and invest where you need to in, this, in certain areas. No doubt, back office functions, you don't need, you don't need to replicate that. You, you've got that foundation already set. But in terms of those services that connect directly with your client, you'll most likely have to invest in those to some degree to continue to scale and offer services. And at what point in your past when you've been growing these businesses within a business, when do you start to, is it a dollar figure, a number of clients, a complexity? When do you start to get people in more defined roles and start having less of kind of all hands on deck doing a bunch of different things? Yeah, you're looking, you're always looking for patterns, Bruce. You're mm -hmm. looking for patterns, and those patterns are really about what is the customer or client asking of you. You already know what you do well. We've, we've talked about that already. But as the client begins to ask you, and then you begin to expand to more clients. So you think about it, it's, uh, so is it, is it sort of the chicken and egg theory, right? So you've got great salespeople. They're out, they're out promoting the brand, out promoting your company into, into other clients. And the thing you want to do is continue to be able to supply and deliver against that. You, you're going to rationalize that. And the worst thing you could do is put a ton of folks out there trying to sell who you are and you not be able to deliver, right? I think we've all probably experienced that at some point in time. Oh, sure. So if, you've got, if you're planning on sustainability, long-term growth, long-term brand, standing for things like being dependable, delivering on time, 
All those things are important to you. There's a, there's a key balance between how much can you commit to. So it's about capacity metric, right? If you're manufacturing, what's your capacity capability, right? You need to run your algorithms, whether you're in a lean shop or a Six Sigma shop, what's your capacity, your throughput? And then you want to pull that back to probably 80% and never want to get over 80 until you're able to add more lines if you're manufacturing, add more salespeople to push more through the organization. If you get over the tip of your skis and you're beyond the 80%, there's risk. There's risk in satisfying the ask of the customer. There's risk in even hurting your own brand and those things that you've, you've spent time building and a reputation building. You just want to be very careful not to get over the tip of your skis on that. What role does culture, the company culture and vision play in scaling a business and, and really becoming successful? I'm going to use a term. I'm going to say it's everything. And you're probably going to, you're probably sitting back smiling at me. And, and why am I so adamant about that? You know, Obviously, you, you've mentioned I'm responsible for all things all things retail, connecting with the client and moving our organization forward. I spend about as much time in our manufacturing on the floor having conversations just this week. I'm, I'm chatting with one of the guys. He's putting product in a box. He's putting tape on the box. And I looked at him and I said, you realize how important your job is. You are the first person that our client is going to connect with. And he looks at me. I said, you have to realize every movement we make in the organization, every touch point, when they open the box, there's an expectation that the client has. The ex- expectation may be it's packed a certain way, it's got it's it's accurate, it's got a packet, whatever it is. You're the first person our client engages with. And I sh- I share that with you, Bruce, from the standpoint of culture is extremely important. Everyone's got to care about the end game. The end game being how it's going to show up, the impression we make, the brand that we carry forward to our customer, our client. And there's there's no there's no misstep along that. Everyone the role everyone plays is important. We spend a lot of time in our organization, our company, letting people know the value of their input, the value of what they do uh, in terms of uh, their place in the organization. We spend an, an enormous amount of time making sure people realize that. So culture for us from the standpoint of we, we happen to operate from a servant leadership. Uh, we believe the most important people in the organization are those connected closest to the customer, i.e. those in the warehouse or our salespeople. And it funnels down to me and, and our and, and the executive leadership team to help understand what they need and make decisions with their input and uh, continually evolve that so that we're connecting with them. But I, I can't I can't express how much culture is important and it should be part of the bedrock. Everyone in the organization should understand the purpose, the mission, the vision, and the values. And I said those in that order. Purpose. What do you stand for? Mission, what are you going to do with that? Vision, what's that look like when you're successful with your clients? And what are the values you're going to show up with every single day? We have those in our main training room. We talk about it on our quarterly meetings. We try to live those. We ask people to actually call us out as an executive team if we're not operating to a value that we profess to operate by. And, uh, as you can tell, I'm a little passionate about uh, what culture means to, to a company, Bruce. I love it. And there was one thing that you said, everyone has to be about the end game, what what the client eventually sees. And it actually had me scrambling to find a quote that I, I saw earlier this week. And it's from Van France, who was the founder of Disney University. So 
as Disney was scaling their business at Disneyland, et cetera, Walt Disney eventually decided to have Van start Disney University to train new employees on the Disney way of you know creating a very client-centric organization. And what Mr. France said was, what happens backstage will end up on stage. If we aren't friendly with each other, smiling and saying good morning, then we'll have a similar attitude toward our guests. And so if you're not treating each other the right way, doing the right thing the right way within a company, you have the right culture, the right kind of teaming and and teamwork, it's going to show to your client in a pretty negative way. Could not agree more, Bruce. So... The question I'm asked on occasion is how do you how do you put value to the to the conversation we just had, right? How how does that turn into an ROI? If you really want to get into the numbers, how does culture turn uh, in, improve your ROI? If everyone's bought into the why, why do they show up? Why are why are they running the robots? Why are they running the press? Why are they packing it the way they? Why are we asking them to do the things that they do? If they understand the overall why and then their individual piece of that why, then you're going to have better and improved customer satisfaction. You're going to have less mistakes going going out to the customer. You're going to have more efficient processes. Your QC process is even more efficient. At the end of the day, if you take all of those things and you're looking at efficiencies, right, you're driving down the cost to serve and you're increasing the value of the client, so therefore your ROI increases in that as well. Then you've got a human capital ROI. I mean, engagement scores, your workforce, is, they would rather show up and do that. So your engagement scores go up, your, your, your coaching uh, of, your, of your leadership team with, with, within the organization improves, your customer satisfaction scores go up. So it's it's all connected. You can't separate one from the other because they are all connected through the through the cycle of the journey. And uh, I, I'm very passionate about why we need um, we continue to invest in our culture, invest in our people. Uh, we bring in organizations to to coach our our leadership team and and to provide insights to our team. And uh, it's something that is a, it's an investment in our people that pays in dividends as it relates to our customer satisfaction. You are listening to the Building a Leadership Culture podcast with Bruce Gresham of Applied Vision Works. I'm speaking with Ron Lutz, Chief Retail Officer of Miller Zell. You can learn more about Miller Zell at millerzell.com. They partner with retailers and financial service providers to create informative, engaging, entertaining, and customer-centric experiences. You all really do have just a fascinating company. I love working with, with you all and and being with your folks. And you mentioned, you know, investing in people. And that's not only from a training perspective, but it it's really about having heart and, and caring about not only what happens within the business, but what happens with your your teammates outside of the business. Can you speak to a little bit about how you and the team at Miller Zell or you and in past experiences have really kind of tried to bring the heart into, into the business? Yeah, Bruce, it is. Um, there are multiple ways to do that. But I, I, would, I would say first, what's important to our people? We spend time annually and just multiple times during the year. What's really important to them? What's meaningful to them? So 
Uh, part of our, our organization, we are we are a green certified organization in terms of recycling back. It's very important to our to our people. We bring in power, so we 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 cover that end in terms of that 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 social sort of responsibility. We encourage our folks, and um, I think all of us who are in business, we go through what are what are our goals for the year, right? What's uh, what are we going to try to achieve? And so we sit down with all of our team members and we talk about our goals for the year. And in that conversation, we discuss things like where we want to go as a company and what's your role in that? And how do you move the company forward with the great work you do? And But part of that also is what's important to you, Mr. or Ms. Individual Contributor? And I'm talking about community service. And I'm talking about how can we help you accomplish those things, whether it's a continuing education, whether it's about, again, community service. We encourage, matter of fact, we put in all of our employees' um, annual goals and we measure them against it on how much time they're going to spend doing a community project, how much time they're going to spend on themselves in, with self-improvement. Each of our employees, we provide 16 hours on a regular basis that we encourage you. You should be you should be somewhere else doing a community project. It is so important that we allow people to give back to what's important to them, that we recognize what's important to them. And it, it is it's a constant conversation that the leadership team has about how are people doing? How are they progressing to the things that are significant and important to them? And what can we do differently? What else can we offer so that they feel connected both not only to the why we're in, in business, but why we care so much about them? And I'll tell you, Bruce, what happens is they, they in turn care about each other. It just promotes that opportunity and, and that environment that people want to, to work together, want to show up. And frankly, they want to help each other improve. And what's the old saying that um, the tide lifts all boats? Well, we try to raise that tide consistently with, with our people at, at the office. Ron, thank you so much for your time today speaking to the power and pitfalls of scaling a business. Is there anything that we didn't touch on during our conversation that that you'd want to drive home to, to business owners and teams? Well, Bruce, let me just say, I, I greatly appreciate the invitation and the chance just to share a little bit. If, if I could just maybe emphasize a couple of things that we, well, we did talk about is whether you're building or whether you're scaling a business, I want to go back to keep the end in mind. Identify clearly what your target is. Who's your client? What's their customer? Stand firm in what your value of the moment is. What are you strong at? Connect that with where the customer wants you to be. Improve your brand by making sure that you're staying clear to your values. Share with your client what your values are. Share with your client your purpose and your vision and your mission statement. Because you know what? They want to invest in you. Otherwise, they wouldn't be asking you to provide services to them. At the same time, ask the client what theirs is. You need to connect yours, ensure that they're in line with the values of the, of the client that you're serving. But most importantly, make sure all of your people understand the why why they're there every day, why what they do matters and adds value to the, to the clients you're serving, but why what they do matters and adds value to the overall organization. And I promise you, promise you, the organization will be stronger for it. Thank you, Bruce. Ron, awesome as always. Always enjoy it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to part two of The Power and Pitfalls of Scaling a Business. As always, you can find us at AppliedVisionWorks.com. You can email me at bgresham at AppliedVisionWorks.com or connect on phone at 919-739-2980. I look forward to 
hearing from you. Thank you again for listening. You've been listening to the Building a Leadership Culture podcast with Applied Vision Works Principal Strategic Advisor Bruce Gresham. Questions, concerns? Please email Craig Chase at cchase at appliedvisionworks.com or call 800 786 4332. This has been an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works.